I'm Debbie Draby from the Clinical Excellence Commission, and I'm pleased you can join us for this four-part series with Dr. George Duros. This podcast is part four of a four-part series on listening up for safety. In this segment, the schism between quality and safety, George talks about the difference between a complicated and complex system and describes the importance of safety too. We've had uh, um, some conversations in this podcast series around safety too. And George, you know, used a very creative analogy of the importance of exploring and spending time on learning from what goes well. And he, he uses the analogy of safety one um, compared to safety two in the same way as how we don't understand a successful marriage by just looking at divorce. The key to understanding complexities in health care is really focusing on when things go right and learning from them. And he talks about that with some really practical examples, particularly in the context of the level of our understanding around compliance in a complex system and how clinicians have this incredible capacity to adapt and change and how we learn from that. I hope you enjoy this discussion. The the other thing that, that we have to bear in mind is that there's a, a bit of a, um, a schism between quality and safety. Uh, in that quality comes from manufacturing, so building an iPhone. And um, any manufacturing is merely a, a complicated process. Uh, like an iPhone has, you know, hundreds if not thousands of little parts uh, to it, but there's only one way to make an iPhone. If you deviate at all from that, um, you know, it's not an iPhone and it doesn't work. So mindless compliance equals the right thing happening. In healthcare, it's different um, because there's so many unknowns. Uh, if you just think of a cat two chest pain presenting to an emergency department, depending on which hospital, what time of day, how they describe the, the chest pain, you know, an infinite number of things uh, could happen and you need to be using uh, clinical um, judgment to, to uh, figure out where the patient can actually go. Um, the trouble is a lot of the people who are designing the, uh, the systems don't actually realize the difference between a complicated system where mindless compliance is good versus a complex system where you perpetually have to reassess to decide what the next thing is. Um, if we're all mindlessly compliant, uh, the entire system would, would, would be a disaster. Um, uh, but quite often what we do is every time there's an incident, you know, we pick out a policy and say, you should have followed this, uh, please follow all policies in the future. If you look at when things go right, we don't follow the policies all that often either because the po policies lack specification. We have to go off script a lot of the time in order to get the right thing done. But if you're only investigating um, bad things rather than good things, you'd come to the conclusion, well, you just, you're forever not following policy. What's wrong with you people? Um, so that's... Uh, uh, the one of the problems, both a uh, schism between quality and safety uh, in terms of un the, the difference between a complicated and a complex pathway, and also the problem with only looking at, at adverse incidents and not looking at all incidents, so-called safety too. Yeah, look, I, I know you've you've written a lot in that space around safety too and, and have referred to a lot of the liter literature in that area. Uh, I wouldn't mind talking a bit more about that because what, you know, what you're describing there is missed opportunity to understand the complexities of the system if we're only talking about 
when things go wrong. And, and there's a lot, lot of literature now and evidence around the importance of exploring when things go well and, and key learning from that. Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, probably the, the best uh, saying is, you know, the way that we approach safety is, uh, you know, we're looking at divorce and we're trying to figure out how to have a successful marriage by just looking at divorces. Um, you know, th when there's far more opportunity to look at uh, what the positive capacities of when things go, go well. And by things going well, I'm not just referring to, you know, uh, there's a uh, awesome and amazing, you know, the the two percenters of the, the the you know the heroic doctor out there. I'm talking about the ninety percent of everyday work uh, when things go right. We have this default that we think when things go right, we're following policy. Um, but if you actually look at it, when often we're not, we have to adapt to to uh, um, to get things done. Um, you know, and and. Diagnosis is the perfect example of the uh, of this. How um, you know we have to perpetually ad adapt because what the patient is experiencing uh, is changing. Um, what he says to one person is different to what they say to another. Um, and, you know, there, there are so many opportunities for things to go uh, wrong as well as right. If we can actually figure out when things go right, why they go right, we can try to um, increase those positive capacities. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about that in terms of to really get a sense of how we adapt. And we're doing that 90% of the time, constantly adapting to the complex systems that we're working in, um, there's a there's a real missed opportunity if, if we're not exploring that 90% of the time, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, missed aortic dissection. Uh, much like every other hospital, we, we had another one just recently in the safety department's like, uh, you know, you've missed uh, another one. You missed one two years ago. You know, why do you, you know, why is this always happening? Um, but when you look at the literature, the literature says you miss 30%. Um, of them uh, over the last 15 years, we've only missed six percent of them. So we're actually better than average. Um, and you know, if they're sort of saying cognitive bias, do an online cognitive bias thing. It's like, well, can you tell us how we get it right 94% of the time? Because you seem to know what's wrong when we when we get it wrong in the in the six percent. What are we doing differently? Um, and it's like, what do you mean? Um, there isn't that concept. Um, so, and that's what safety two is. It's like, well, you know, uh, perhaps rather than telling people off when they get it wrong, we should be looking at what we did differently um, when we got it right. Yeah, absolutely. And the importance of learning from those experiences, which happen majority of the time. And as you said, people come to work to do the right thing and, and mostly they do get it right. It's just, we're not, we're not really exploring that and, and that the mindset just isn't there yet for safety two, is it? No, uh, you look, it's starting up in a few places. There's um, uh, the resilient healthcare uh, guys uh, that, that have been based in Holland uh, that I think is actually moving to Sydney soon, um, as well as uh, just a, the, there's a few people sort of just popping up here and there. There's a intensivist in uh, New Zealand called Carl Horsley. His, um, uh, his pediatric intensive care department is doing a lot of work in that space and some very impressive stuff. Um, but, but it is, um, yeah, we've got a long way to go. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I think you've done an incredible job in, in the work that you've done to help support um, this journey towards improving not just the M&M space, but in enhancing the voice of clinicians and, and really um, noticing the importance of being able to listen to them and give them that opportunity to share their experiences rather than only notice them when things go wrong. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Um, look, I'd, is there anything else that you think that you, ha you haven't talked about that you think would, would be important to mention for M&Ms um, and in supporting and enhancing leadership uh, in M&Ms? Yeah, look, I think I, I've, got a, I've got a take home um, to, to gauge how effective you are at the end of your M&M. And this is a, a, a great quote. Um, Learning implies changing what's changed. Mm. Um, so if you think you've done something, um, you, you've actually achieved uh, some change, uh, just stop and think what it is. Was it literally um, a change to your system or have you just told people to try harder? Because if that's all you've done, you've done nothing. Um, and sometimes the cause of the problem and the solution of the problem uh, can be different. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Dr. George Duros on Listening Up for Safety. I hope you enjoyed it. Please note this is one of a four-part series and I hope you listen to the other three segments as Dr. George Duros takes us on a journey exploring his passion for patient safety and talks about how human factor science has supported his work in improving M&Ms. This four-part series includes conversations around the importance of building an understanding around error and moving up from speaking up for safety to listening up for safety to enable learning from clinicians who are doing the work and understand the system firsthand. I hope you enjoy the remainder of the series. I'm Debbie Draby from the Clinical Excellence Commission and I'm pleased that you can join us in this conversation with senior leaders um, as they explore the guiding principles of effective morbidity and mortality meetings in action. This podcast series has been developed to explore the experiences and insights from leading M&M meetings. Look out for more podcasts as we continue this conversation with clinicians as they share their journey and learning. I hope you find it useful and if you'd like to contribute to this conversation, please let me know. Thank you.